Kristen Hager from Sci-Fi's Being Human, and you're listening to TV's Times 3 podcast. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 171. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of The Walking Dead, Bunheads, Being Human, Castle, Justified, and Psych, plus a reality check and some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 171. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Hi, this is Kate from Sound on Sight and the Televerse. And this is Kyle from NoReruns.net. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. So we've got a few news items, a couple that we've just added just now. And it's like <laughs> breaking, breaking news, news. <laughs> from two days ago. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, the first up is uh, that ABC has pulled Zero Hour, which is most likely canceled. Uh, it depends on which reports you read. Not surprising if you've listened to. At least to me, if you've listened to the last couple episodes of this podcast, we've been <laughs> predicting or, this, or, or my podcast. Yeah, we've been predicting its early demise for uh, for a couple of weeks now. I thought it had a great premise, but and looked really good. But overall, it just wasn't very good. So I'm I'm not surprised. I would I wish they would at least air it out on Saturdays because I'm sure it does have fans, and I hate when they don't air a show. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, for those, especially, it's not like they, they, there are other things on Saturday that are, you know, using up that time slot. But, uh, yeah, when, you, when you're actually a fan of it, you would like to see how, especially something with this crazy of a premise. The thing for me with this show was, uh, which I talked about on, on my podcast last week, was uh, it's one of the shows where I probably would have followed the recaps to see what happened because I was vaguely interested in it. And I thought there were some, you know, fun things about it, but I wasn't going to give it. 45 minutes of, of my day and <laughs> apparently I was not alone in that. So ouch. Yeah. I just couldn't get over how coincidental the initial premise was of, of getting this guy on board, you mm. know, investigating this. It was like, yet he had some long-term somehow connection to it. And yet it was completely coincidental that his wife happened upon this clock and, so just all how it began, I just couldn't, I just couldn't buy it. And it, you know, so I just was like, ah, uh, especially by the end of it, I was just like, nope, this is, <laughs> this is, this is too dumb. I can't, I can't do it. Oh, well, it's probably a series that would have done better in the summer or something like that. More pe- people are looking for more escapist fare. We'll talk actually about another show that's kind of like that. Cause it, it, I feel like it would like to be psych. But uh, in his tone and more of the fun adventure side of it. But uh, I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. No more zero hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, yeah, we've spent more time talking about it on the podcast than it's actually aired almost, it seems like. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Lifetime has uncanceled uh, Drop Dead Diva. So it'll be back now for a fifth season, which I'm happy about because it had the – what would be one of the worst endings ever to end a series on? <laughs> you, you can't, you can't. And, and I've, I said it before for a show that's gone on for multiple seasons. Once you've get into three or four seasons with a show that has 
you know, this type of mythology to it. The idea that you could just cancel it on on a group of fans is just ridiculous to me. Like, you've had this group of people that have stuck with it for four years, and then you just go, eh. And, you, <laughs> and then you wonder why, you know, people get mad <laughs> at, the, at the at the at different networks and stuff like that, and and won't try out a new show that, yeah, has, exactly. that has some sort of serial nature to it because. They they have a feeling, you know, more times than not, they're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to get screwed. And it seemed like it was one of Lifetime's better series, like that it was it wasn't doing yeah. that poorly, <laughs> yeah. like why they pulled it in the first place. But yeah, it's, it's another one of those things with, when it talks about the, you know, the expensive shows, like as, as as shows go on, they get more expensive to make and till you get to a point where it becomes too expensive for the ratings that you're getting and the the amount of money that you're able to make back on it. And if that's the case, then I don't understand that. Like it just seems to me that <laughs> instead of letting your show get canceled that you would be willing to maybe take a little less pay or do a little less because when you're talking about TV shows, most of them fail. So if you've been on one for a while, the chances of you getting another series that goes on multiple seasons, you would think you would want to do something to be able to keep doing that successful thing. I don't well, know. and some shows do do that, um, and some some casts. But for the most part, I think people don't want to set a precedent because then it becomes way too easy for the network <laughs> to go, well, you know, I guess. I'm not sure if we're going to pick up your show. You should not stick to the contracts we agree signed with you and agreed to or else we'll, you know so i understand i mean yeah i i mean i understand it that way too but i it just seems that if you've as you go along if you continue to just price yourself out until your show is canceled yeah, yeah that that makes no sense to me well yeah I well mean, then that's why casts get reduced over the you know the seasons yeah i'm sure there's union things too that prevent them from cutting certain corners and cutting salaries and yeah mm-hmm. there's it's all you know yeah there's all kind of weird stuff but on the good side drop dead devo be back so and hopefully they'll give an <laughs> maybe maybe they'll give an actual ending or something to <laughs> to the fifth season so that they don't have that same thing happen to them again okay the uh, next on the list is uh, fx has renewed archer for a fifth season which it seems it doesn't seem like that's been around for that long. But yeah, it 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 has and I've loved it. It took me a while to yeah. catch up, but I'm very glad about this. I I think it's been as great as ever. Like it's just so so wrong and every week it just gets like it's it's surprising that it's on TV. Like it definitely would not be able to air on a uh on a regular network. Oh god. No. No, it really wouldn't. Just just Pam or Cheryl as characters couldn't be on a network. Okay, and the next thing on the list, uh, uh, Showcase slash Sci-Fi has renewed Lost Girl for a fourth season. So if uh, any Lost Girl fans out there, that'll be back for another season. Nice, good to know. I, I still haven't caught up with season three, but uh, I did you know marathon through one and two. Um, earlier this this past year, and I actually I really enjoyed it. Have you guys seen Lost Girl? I've seen the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I can I, I I continue to watch. I'm I'm caught up. Um, yeah, 
Now I'm hearing this third season isn't as good. Is that uh, is that accurate? Do you think, or maybe just the show's changed and some fans prefer it in with a different tone or a different uh, focus? I I mean I like it, but the overarching story isn't sort of as big as last mm-hmm. season, which was like <laughs> the whole <laughs> the whole world's gonna die if this doesn't if we don't yeah. stop this. Uh, but yet there's still there's something happening that. You're, we're just starting to find out about halfway into the season what really it is, but uh, you know that's happening with Bo and and I, you know, I continue to en- enjoy the series. I mean, cool. so yeah, I'm glad it's coming back for for another season. Yeah, I'll have to of, catch up. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shows that's been on my catch up list forever, but there's way too many shows on that list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's always new ones getting added to it. Yeah. The, and there's no more open summer anymore yeah. to catch up. Yeah, you have like the you have like this uh four week period in the winter and like a couple weeks in June <laughs> where there's yeah. where there's nothing new and then uh that's about it. Okay, the last thing on the news list is uh the CW has canceled 90210 uh at the end of this season. Uh the fifth season will be its last. And then uh, also they've moved a cult from uh, Tuesdays to Friday nights, which is being nice to the few people that have been watching it. Because <laughs> with the ratings that it's been getting, even on the CW, there's no way that mm. it's going to stick around past this first season. Who knows? It could suddenly magically bounce back on Friday nights. There is... <laughs> if, if, yeah, I mean, all a slight precedent. Well, it's one of those that if it all of a sudden, like, the same or slightly better ratings than it was getting on a Friday that it maybe because you'd be going, Oh my God, on a Friday, it's doing better than it was on a, mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. But, uh, that's not going to happen though. Yeah. We, we, we all know <laughs> the only way that happens is if cult makes as big a quality leap after the first few episodes as say the vampire diaries did around episode six, where all of a sudden the show became good. <laughs> so if cult does that, then, you know, who knows, who knows what could happen, but it's not. It's been a rough couple weeks. I think part of the problem too is what they had it paired with. It, it doesn't really pair well with Heart of Dixie on Tuesdays. Like, yeah, it, it really, uh, it really should have been. I mean, not that it would have done much better uh, competition-wise necessarily on on a Thursday night, but it really would have paired better with like a Vampire Diaries, as yeah, Supernatural or. Well, something. Yeah, some yeah, supernatural or vampire diaries as something that has this type of, you know, the sort of fanatical fan base that they're sort of playing off of in cult. You know, it would have and so it it kind of would have fit better, definitely better than like the the, the heart of Dixie cult. <laughs> 2 hours. Well, you don't see the crossover there? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, quite the, uh, quite the pairing. Yeah, and that one sentence about nine hundred two and zero is more thought than any of our any of us have put into nine hundred two and zero in at least several years. Every so. time I see it on the grid, I'm always shocked. Wait, that's still around? It's sort of like the Secret Life show that yeah. always pops back when you think it's gone. Well, I, I, I like I saw somebody retweeted uh, Jason Priestley. Who who said mm-hmm. uh, you you made it half as long as we did? Congratulations! 
Nice. <laughs> Although technically, I think I've seen more episodes of the new show than I ever saw of the original. <laughs> All right. And uh, that'll do it for the news. A couple of uh, a couple of cancellations, but then a couple of uh, pieces of good news in there as well. So, you know, not all, not all bad news. And with that, we'll move on to uh, prime time. And the first show on our list is uh, we're recording on a Sunday, so this would be last Sunday's uh, The Walking Dead season three, episode eleven. I ain't a Judas. So, who wants to jump in first on uh, what's happening on The Walking Dead? Uh, I'll jump in. Uh, so uh, last week, a- Andrea decided to go back to the prison and see uh, her old ga- her old gang. Uh, I was just shocked at how well, well. At first, they they did detain her a bit, but if I were them, I would be protecting any information about that prison and what their defenses are. Like, because you don't know if you can trust Andrea. And so I found it a little odd that they just welcomed her in and then told her everything that was going on and then sent her back, even though Carol tried to brief her on this plan of go sleep with the governor and then kill him, which I was so upset that she didn't go through with. Uh, I just, like, it was painful. I saw the knife there. I like, do it, do it. And then she gave it. Uh, she gave up and it was just so annoying. But then meanwhile, you also have the governor. Like, I w- I'm wondering why he sent her there if he was hoping she would come back with information but then you also had Tyrese and his gang show up and he's going to use them to get information about how the prison defenses are so I mean he's definitely planning another attack at that prison this is something we talk about because uh, of course I'm also on the Sound on Sight Walking Dead podcast and this is something we talk about I feel like almost every week um, I actually really liked this this past episode because it was just nice to have Andrea back and an, like a self motivated and uh, a character with some agency and free will and choice as opposed to the thing that's been following around the governor everywhere for the past season. Um, but we, we seem to talk about every week that we're all really over the governor um, as just a character, as anything other than the mustache twirling villain he seems to be at this point. Is that just us? Where are you guys on that are you ready are you interested in the governor at all or do you want him just no, gone not, yeah not not too much anymore just because now that what really bothers me about it is well like you said the whole thing about andrea she sort of becomes whoever she's like with like when <laughs> yeah she she was sort of becoming shane you know, back on the farm, and then now you know she's in Woodbury, and she's sort of becoming the governor for a bit. But the thing that really bothers me is that, yeah, she wanted to go, you know, see her friends when she found out about them and stuff. But all the stuff that she's seen and heard and knows that what's happened <laughs> been happening at Woodbury, and yet she's not like she should be way more pissed off than she is, like. Yeah, you know, like I get okay. You you ended up in a safe place. You fell for this charismatic guy, uh, you know, in this you know crazy world. But then you find out that he's been keeping you know his uh, zombie daughter in the closet and tanks full of uh, you know fish tanks full of heads, and he's having uh, zombie fights and. He 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 was torturing you know your your friends from the from the farm, and yet she's still like 
you know, uh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> what? I don't know. I just, <laughs> the, the, her character so bothered me because, especially because, uh, I mean, she seemed to become such a stronger character, you know, even though she was sort of becoming Shane-like. But to now see that, like, it, she tends to become, like, whatever guy she's with is really is is really weird and yeah i i it just seems to me that you would have found out that all that stuff that happened and you would have wanted to get out of woodbury and go help your friends especially after you get there and find out again mm-hmm. that he attacked them with zombies and that if you had left, you know, and your best friend did yeah. that he would have sent Merle to kill you yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't, it's just, it's, uh, Andrea is a real problem character for me in that I want to like her. And it, you're absolutely right, Jason. It's something they've done several times where they just, they they start to give her really interesting things like they did in the first season when she held Amy and then, and then killed her. And we got a lot of really interesting stuff with her there. We got, you know, some interesting stuff with her in season two. And then she just became defined by Shane. And then they decided to pay attention to her again, and she got, again, more interesting until she showed up in Woodbury and fell in love with? I don't know if she's supposed to be in love with the governor or not. If if she is, they didn't show us that. They just kind of gave us one scene in a, some sort of an arbor of the governor all of a sudden getting really tongue-tied and bashful for no reason. And then they're together. You know, they, they, they just they, they keep going back and forth with her character in a way that doesn't feel truthful and and when they give her these kind of breakthrough episodes like this one was and again i didn't really like this episode i thought she was great there were a lot of really nice character beats between different you know unusual pairings and we get we did get that really great scene with uh carl telling his dad that hey you know it's 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 okay to take a break and you're a little crazy right now so maybe you shouldn't be the leader Uh, so there was a lot there was a lot of really good stuff in this episode but uh, i don't trust that the forward progress we saw with her this week is going to continue in any meaningful way. No, they need to take Andrea and turn her into a black widow. If she starts falling for someone, kill them because <laughs> kill there's them. something wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but yeah, that's one character that just, especially after everything that's gone on, that just completely, you know, just completely bothersome. You know, you're just mm-hmm. like, I don't get it. I, see, I thought we finally had that when she had the knife and then she didn't go through with it. Yeah. <laughs> Though I did like that she didn't go through with it because, again, if she had just gone through with it, that would have been her not thinking for herself, just doing what Carol said instead of just doing what the governor said. So I'm hoping that this doesn't mean that she is back with the governor, just that she doesn't want to assassinate him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe, yeah, maybe she's decided that she's going to... I don't know, try and find information or see, you know, somehow play both sides or expose you know. him. Or I don't I mean, I don't know that the town would go with her. Well, on yeah, that, but... I mean, most of the town showed up to the zombie fights, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So it, and they're agreeing to do like, they're sending all their kids off to battle. Like you would think they would all revolt at some point against him. Yeah. But yeah, they, but... they seem to have, uh, yeah, the townsfolk are very weird in Woodbury. They're they're very sort of docile, or you know, or want to get out when a few zombies get loose or they've been attacked, and then but then later they're 
But they're whatever the plot needs them to be is what they are. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Uh, yeah. You know, because, you know, the, based on the number of people and stuff like that, most of the people in town were at the zombie fights. You know, <laughs> like they, a couple extra snuck in for, they're, they're just like, for the fight, just for, you know, the number of people that they had there and the number of people that they've kind of let on that are in that town. They were all there. So they're all in on all the, some of the wacky stuff that's been going on in the town. And then, yeah, I don't know. Woodbury is by far a very strange place. OK, with that, we'll move on to uh, another show of uh, strange things, uh, Being Human. Uh, season three, episode seven. Uh, one is silver, the other pagan. So, Kyle, what do you think of being human so far this season? I think it's been really good this season. Uh, I really like the whole stuff that they've been doing with uh, Aiden and uh, Kenny. Um, with that whole relationship, I like the thing a couple weeks ago when he uh, Kenny was testing him. Um, just uh, trying to see if he was a vampire. In this week's episode, it seemed to come out of nowhere how he met this new vampire woman who had agreed to turn him. Like, I'm not sure how that... I guess we miss how that happened, how they got introduced. But um, it, I, I like that now he's he's trying to make Aiden feel guilty, and Aiden's probably going to be the one that has to go and turn him. Um, the other thing I liked was the Sally storyline with her and um, her seeing these other ghosts and seeing this fake seance and seeing these ghosts take advantage of of the people at this seance. Like, you never really thought about it, but yeah, it could be. <laughs> if this person can sense someone, how do they know it's really that person? Not just someone saying, yeah, I'm Bob. And like, they're really some other ghost just taking advantage of the situation. Um, so I thought that was a unique thing that I've never really thought about, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. It was it was pretty funny, too, though, that there's like just a couple of ghosts showed up because they they know that this <laughs> this seance takes place at this time every week. And uh, and then they just like sort of goof with them to make them think that <laughs> what they're doing is is real. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. But also seeing like. Like Sally, like her hair starting to fall out, like what is really happening uh, with her and, you know, how is she going to be able to get out of this deal that she's made with. Uh, but the the storyline that's bothering me the most is Nora. I understand that she would be, you know, protective of the young werewolf girl, but that she instantly always jumps to Aiden's the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and there was nothing, like, he was, you know, bleeding from the eyes. He'd obviously had, you know, wolf blood in him, but had also obviously not fed off of her. There were no bite marks on her when she got to the hospital. And there was a steak laying next to him on the ground. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it seems yeah, like it... details of his story are plausible, yet these details don't get to Nora. And, and, the, and then what she does here... She's just like, you can tell that what's going on is sort of, I, I guess they're playing it as a manipulation that the, the one purebred wolf guy is manipulate you know, basically trying to manipulate her into, uh, you, you know, doing what he can to, to, get, rid of to get rid of Aiden. You know, that's sort of a plan B after his, you know, original attack didn't work. Uh, do you think it could be like, we don't, she didn't turn Aaron, right? She didn't accidentally scratch. It was some other wolf. Yeah, that, they that found. 
Yeah, they 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 found that she was one, and and but yeah, because I was wondering maybe it was some kind of like relationship there where she was like the mother of this wolf, and so she anytime something happened, she became like really protective. Or, I mean, the whole thing against Aiden, maybe it's some inherent thing in her since she's a wolf and he's a vampire and they're supposed to be these enemies that maybe she has, like, some feelings and that other guy is bringing those out in her. <laughs> except, part of- for, except for, you know, all those times that he's helped her out. You yeah. Know, <laughs> stuff, you know, but yet still always thinks the, the worst of him. Uh, it Just when sh- when shows do things where... Uh, when information gets given to a certain character, but you notice that certain details get left out, so it makes it easier for that person to be mad at somebody else. And you're just like, but if she had all the information, maybe it would seem less, you know, likely that, uh, you know, because like the story never gets told to her exactly like, you know, she never hears exactly what happens. and and But then in the first place, doesn't even really want to hear uh yeah. what 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 went wrong well even w- even when Josh ran in to find them both on the ground, he ran right over to Aaron, ignoring the fact that Aiden's bleeding out of his eyes, <laughs> <laughs> and again, like the stake on the ground and all that stuff it's like he or they they both like run to her it's almost like well, I mean it could be because she's like their daughter in effect of the two of them, but still it's like, yeah, they forget everything and just. It's all about her, even though, like, the previous episode, she had already run away and she didn't want to be there. And now uh, everything's about her. But he even figures some of that stuff out. Like, he even thinks about, like, who brought, you know, who brought her back and, you know, and that that guy wants to kill Aiden and all this other stuff. You know, or Josh is thinking about things and then, but Nora doesn't even want to hear anything. No, You know, like, no... Doesn't doesn't want to hear it, and and then now that the guy came in and killed her, and it's going, you know, basically. But all they're going to know is that it looks like because of what Aiden did, she ended up dying, and yeah. uh, that's only going to push the relationship further. But for the most part, I like what they're doing this season. You know, a lot of the changes and things that they've done is definitely better than some of the stuff they did last season, and I like that it's all completely different than anything that's happened in the in the British version. Yeah, and I, and I like that they're also bringing a lot more of these characters together, although Sally seems to be a bit on her own right now. But they've brought them back together again, whereas, like, all last season, everyone was separate. I mean, like, uh, and one other thing, like, this episode, I, I liked also how they brought in uh, Nora's uh, roommate, who's, like, this Civil War history person. I, I, I thought that was interesting how they, they're, like, pairing her up with Aiden now because he actually, like, lived through that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's kind of fun and, and interesting there. Although that's probably also going to be another source of problem because now if he's going to be dating Nora's roommate, is she going to get even more upset with him? Like, how waiting, is he going to take advantage of her? And, and take her blood and and do all that. And, and that's one other thing. Like, I didn't understand. Why did he bother to poison uh, Aiden with vampire, uh, with werewolf blood? Why didn't he just get some other person's blood that had that virus and give it to him? And then he'd be all set. Like, well, that would have killed I think that he's not. I think as they showed in the previews, uh, you know, they get a hold of him in the next episode. 
I think he's still trying to figure out who killed his his kid. Uh, you know that, and wants him for some reason. Uh, you know, wants to kill him, but also wants him uh, to be able to get some information from him or something as well. So I think it was trying to weaken him, not necessarily why- so that he could come in and and kill him right there, but could could get him away to. Uh, Oh, so he, she was just going to hold the stake to threaten him, and then he was going to come in and take him. Oh, but then Josh, yeah, because then he saw Josh coming home. So yeah, and then he, because I, yeah. I think that, I think she was supposed to, you know, she wasn't really supposed to come in. I think that he was supposed to get there as he was, and just, he was going to do whatever, and that she sort of improvised because he was, I don't know, was, you know, writhing around or was, might get away or something or. Yep. Yeah, but based on the preview of the next week, it looks like. They're trying to extract some information or get some, find something out from him. So, because they sort of capture him. So, yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, continue to, there's two and a half storylines that I'm really liking in the the show so far this season. Yeah, I I pretty much, I haven't really had anything I've hated this season. So, I mean, I've really enjoyed this season. Yeah. Okay. So, with that, we'll move on to Bunheads. Uh, season one, episode eighteen, next, which is uh, either the season, the season one finale, or the winter finale, or I'm not sure exactly what finale. Season one B with one C or two. It was because everywhere it says, you know, season one finale, except for ABC Family when they were advertising it, they advertised it as the winter finale. So I don't know what it is, but anyways, Kate, what do you think of? bunheads and where things ended at least for now well i love bunheads i was so glad that uh i tuned in it's one of the big uh pleasant surprises of for me of last year and i thought this finale was great it just it's it's something that i've seen a couple different articles about over the past week or so since the finale aired Uh, it's just it's wonderful to have happy television on somewhere (laughs) nobody's dying every week there's a lot there's this this um there's there's a big preference for happiness and joy on the series and i think that's something they absolutely captured in this episode while at the same time showing a lot of pain with the, with Ginny at the end with Michelle going through the incredibly rigorous and utterly a pointless audition process that she did and i mean as somebody you know i'm a violinist so i've done so many auditions you show up and you you have all of this stuff prepared and maybe they hear a couple minutes of it and then you find out later that there wasn't even really a job to start with because they're just going to call in this person that they know or they don't want to have to pay the full salary they'd rather just pay a temporary person because it's cheaper but they have to hold an audition anyway so there was a lot in this finale that i could really identify from that side of it, but also just the performances are really great, and I love watching dance. I mean, I'm a big Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers fan, and uh, and so that sort of emotion through dance and physicality is something that I also very much enjoy. So you, you put it all together, you tie it in a bow with the little uh, Amy Sherman Palladino dialogue on top, and and I'm going to be a big fan. So I was glad that it went out with such a strong episode. Hopefully, it gets picked up for more. Hopefully, this isn't the series finale. But uh, even if it is, it doesn't end on a very series finale kind of note, but it does end with the fabulous dance sequence. And the last scene we get, 
is incredibly powerful. So at least it went out very well if this is its series finale. And if it's not, then there's plenty of material for them to work with next year. How about you, Kyle? Um, I, I, it's one of those shows where it's, I can't help but compare it to Gilmore Girls, and I don't think it's reached that level yet for me. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed Gilmore Girls more, um, but I did enjoy in this episode, I enjoyed the whole, um, the whole audition stuff. Uh, it was disappointing at the end to see that it was all just a farce, uh, for her, uh, to have to go through. So, I mean, it's a little it loses some of that happiness there when you see that she really wants this. She really wants to start up a, a new career and it like, it, there's just all these obstacles for her and she's kind of stuck in this town, which is good for the show, but not good for the character. Um, I don't know. I didn't she, really see it as I kind of saw it as that she, I mean, obviously disappointed to find out that it was, you know, that nothing would have happened. But I almost felt that it was more of like she was going to this audition to see that she still had it. Not that she ever would have taken a job and left. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that, that she really was, you know, I think she was, you know, wanted to get far into the process to see that, you know, she hadn't, you know, really lost it. She was still, uh, you know, a, a dancer. And... But not that. But if she would have got it, not that she would have actually. You know, I don't know that she would have actually left or whatever. But that was more that I, the feeling that I had of it uh, for for that scene, uh, because the other way it seemed it seems weird because she already seemed like in the last couple episodes that she had she was finally content with where she was, and so to have her going out on an audition that would take her out of town just seemed like a complete 180 from where they had gone in the previous couple episodes. Oh, that's, I would disagree with that because with her friend getting that job, I thought we saw very much that she, she thought that she was content with where she was and in paradise and that she had, you know, teaching and that she was really happy with that. But then when her friend gets that job in the, the touring company, you can see you know, she's she's happy for her friend, but she's also jealous. And could I still do that? Is it too late? I want to make sure while well, I still have a chance that I can still, you know, I actually thought that it sort of lit a fire under her to to want to get back out there. So I actually that's well, it seemed like that at different. first, but then in the next episode, it seemed like she had she was content with, you know, that not, you know, that type of stuff not happening for her. I don't know. It just uh it's it's sort of the ups and downs of, of the show that it that it kind of has. Uh, I like yeah. the episode, but I think it felt weird as sort of a season finale or 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 mid season finale or whatever it it turns out to be. Hopefully, not series finale. Yeah, I think it would have been more. It would have felt more like a finale of either sort if she had got the job, and then she has. She had to, decide. to make the choice between yeah. staying or going. Which, like she sort of got that with the guy offering his card at the end, but it wasn't really a solid like. Here's a job. It's like if you're ever in New York, come and see me, and we can find something. But. Yeah, it would have been felt more like a, a true finale if there was a, that cliffhanger there. Although, on the other hand, with this type of show that is sort of hanging in the balance each year, I don't necessarily want, you know, cliffhanger finales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Plus, there's only so many times you can do that where, oh, she has a job offer in this other place. Is she going to stay or is she going to go? That would pretty much be their finale every single time. Well, and that already already was their finale in that the the first, you know, the fall season or whatever, whatever they call it over there at ABC Family, the the first half of the season (laughs) ended with her with her leaving, with her either, you know, sort of feeling run out of town or self running out of town um, after the 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 situation with the mace (laughs) was just so hilarious. But, you know, so, so I don't think they could I don't think they could go back to that well and have it have very much power seeing as they did very significantly do that already this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I kind of felt like it was just her going to an audition to see that she still had it. Not necessarily that she was really pursuing getting a job and dancing in a, in a company somewhere and, and leaving, uh, and leaving paradise. So I don't know. Yeah. Overall, I mean, I think- Overall, I hope we get more so we can find out what's what's going on. And I will say the other thing about the show is while the dance numbers that end the show are always, you know, they're always good or interesting, it bothers me that half the time that some of those dance numbers are sort of like a dream sequence or a daydream sequence, and then other times they're just tacked on is... Is I I wish they were either always tacked on or <laughs> always part of the show. I, I can admit that I'm usually fast forwarding through them. I, I, oh my god, you did not just say that, Kyle. You watch Bunheads and you fast forward through the dancing? Believe, oh, believe me, I'm all about no the dialogue. The internet, I'm kicking you off. <laughs> <laughs> I understand if you don't watch the show, but if you don't care, but oh my god, oh, heathen. Heathen. <laughs> Oh man, I, 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 I that doesn't bother me at all, Jason. I actually really like it as being, you know, used both. You, there's, you know, I, I, like the sequence at the end felt like it was a showcase, or that felt. I mean, I can really see most of the dances. You know, the one every now and again, there's a dream sequence, uh, especially with Michelle, or there was that fabulous uh, Istanbul dance sequence with uh, with Sasha, or the one when her parents leave that feel much more, um, you know, metaphysical or just a way to speak to the audience as opposed to something that's actually happening. But I feel like almost all of them are actually happening. Um, or I guess maybe even if they're not supposed to be, it's not defined one way or the other. And I'm, I'm just, I'm fine with it. Then again, I do love musicals and dancing (laughs) and dance sequences. And so you think you can dance and, and, you know, I could just keep going. So this is really a show for me, but Oh God, Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to forget you said that. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that, before uh, we have to l- let Kyle off the line. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I'm glad you're controlling the lines because I would have got ejected after that. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty of, of various heathenry as well. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're if you're presently a guest on the Televerse uh, right now, Kyle, you'd be experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, we just lost Kyle somehow. <laughs> we, we already had a segment. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So the next show on the list is Castle. 
season five, episode sixteen, Hunt, which is uh, part two of a two part uh, castle from the the last couple weeks here. And uh, what do you think of Castle? Their big sort of end of sweeps, <laughs> uh, two parter, Kyle. Uh, so when I started to watch the first one, I made the mistake of watching the uh, screener on the ABC site, which started off with a warning saying, do not reveal the country or location at the end of the episode. <laughs> they, they could have just left it at location, and that would have been fine. The fact that it said country, I now knew exactly how that episode was going to end with her running outside and seeing a different skyline. I knew that was going to happen. So that whole, that whole surprise was completely spoiled for me. So as soon as the phone didn't work, I'm like, uh, she's in another country. That's why 911 doesn't work. Hashtag so, TV blogger problems. Yes. So <laughs> that that ruined that episode for me. Um, but, I mean, otherwise I think it would have been great a great surprise and a big reveal at the end, which is why they didn't want people to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the second half, I, felt, I thought it felt a bit rushed. I mean, I liked the whole idea of it, the whole adventure part of it. Um, they did make reference to a wonderful series called uh, Missing, which got cancelled. <laughs> um, I really liked the, the French guy character that they killed off. But I thought he could have been a great... Like I would have watched a whole series with him basically being Liam Neeson for the most part, especially in the scene when he's like uh, talking into the bug on the wall, threatening the guy, you know who I am, you recognize my voice, I'm coming after you. That was like so Liam Neeson out of taken that scene. But I mean, I really like that character. Um, and the stuff with the dad and the, and the whole plot at the end with the, the bomb and the switching of the bomb and, well, that I thought was really good, but it just felt very rushed to me. Like, they could have done that. They could have had a whole two-hour episode just and stretched that out to an hour, that, that whole scene. But, I mean, overall, I, I like what they at least attempted to make, like, a nice thriller action type of episode out of it. Yeah, I don't uh, watch Castle week to week. A big part of that is probably because we do record the Televerse on Tuesday, and so I'm usually catching up with everything else for the for the podcast. So a lot of procedurals kind of don't don't make it into weekly rotation, and I wait and you know have a marathon during one of those aforementioned doldrums uh, that 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 you uh, had uh, aforementioned mentioned, I guess, uh, Jason. But uh, I did tune back in for this because I was hearing such great stuff about the about the episodes and. Um, yeah, I was really glad that I did. So, you know, again, thank you for having me on the podcast so that it would, you know, prompt me to walk, catch up with these ones. I thought Nathan Fillion was really great. Uh, I did not have the the ending of the first episode spoiled for me. If only I had that uh, that problem of, of the ABC screeners. But I, I thought that was incredibly effective. The They, they really they really played that well with the timing uh, and the editing of those two sequences as well as the performance uh, of of the actors, I thought that you know it's something that we've all. It's like, oh look, they happen to be able to see the Statue of Liberty or the Eiffel Tower, or it's a, a really sort of played out, you know, vi- visual gag or or uh, when it's a joke or a reveal. But I still thought that it was effective. As for the second episode, I do agree that it felt sort of rushed. It just kind of takes that left turn. I don't know if they should have revealed that in the first 
episode of the two because that cliffhanger was at least for me so effective and and just completely out of left field and and really raised the stakes of everything i don't know that it would have worked or if maybe this should have been like a three-parter you could have had that reveal at the end of the second. I, I'm not quite sure, but I was ready for uh, for, for to find out <laughs> that that the daughter was Sydney Bristow style, a, a secret spy, and I was I was like, oh man, I I hope they go Felicity to Alias <laughs> on this. That would be so great. And so when it turns out that it's just it's the dad, that felt really really convenient for you know the storyline and everything. It felt more like a we want to have Alexis get kidnapped, and so what can we do? Like, what can the justification be for why she's kidnapped? Sure, let's have his dad be a super spy. I don't know. I you know didn't that didn't quite work for me, but the rest of it uh, really did. And, and yeah, Nathan Fillion got some dramatic, you know, work in in these uh, episodes that he hasn't had in, in quite a while. He hasn't really gotten a chance to do something uh as as dark as some of the stuff that he that he gets or as conflicted or as emotional since i would say serenity and so it, it's nice to to really get to see him work and and just the he sells those lines that we've all heard in these these types of episodes before of you know i'll i'll sue you i i don't care you can't do this i'll get you arrested i don't care he sold those moments that again like i said we've all seen a million times very, very believably. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you did. It was fun. Yeah, I thought it was it was really good. It did feel a, a little bit rushed, but I think possibly stretching it out to a three-parter may have been, you know, yeah, too, too long. long. Yeah. Uh, I think it partially felt rushed because you didn't get the confirmation that the, that the person that they had, you know, had a sketch of, you know, from the different places, uh, was you know was his dad until you know well into the episode and so you didn't get a whole lot of you know of that interaction uh and and i think that's where it sort of felt rushed is like you had all that happen and then the rescue and everything and then they're returning you know back to new york and it all takes place in like the last segment you know of, yeah. of the show and so that did feel uh, a little bit rushed, but I thought they did a good job of, you know, of, of showing like that he had, you know, been keeping tabs on him and uh, all this time and the the whole thing about the, you know, the James Bond uh, book and uh, and that reading that was what made him want to become a writer. Those are all, you know, really interesting story points to add into, you know, this character. And, and you know, they sort of hinted at that you were going to find out about Cass's father so they finally did it so that was uh that was good but yeah I really I really enjoyed it I also like the uh the reference to both the you know taken and missing yeah in, in, it was, in the show they was needed good. they needed to lampshade that I was so glad I was like who do you think he is Liam Neeson I, I was so glad that they you know did reference both of those otherwise it is too ridiculous for nobody i'm going to paris to get my do- i mean come on <laughs> and, and the, the one the one complaint i had was it was so poorly green screened when he was oh, in God. paris <laughs> the outside scenes with him <laughs> looked so fake yeah that but... was not good <laughs> yeah because they yeah they would go from like scenes that looked real like a street level but it it didn't necessarily have to be him because it was from a long 
sort of a long mm-hmm. shot or something to, to a close up of him of something behind him, and you're just like, yeah, that doesn't uh, <laughs> that doesn't exactly. Yeah, when you when you green screen in a lot, that's not just uh, you know like a background out a window or something like that, you lose sort of the three D depth to to things. And that's where it doesn't feel quite real. For yeah, some the of lighting doesn't match up. And so when you have just like a like basically everything behind you <laughs> is is fake, it doesn't always. Uh, on a, well, on a TV budget, what you can do, you can, it makes it hard to, uh, uh, to to do some of that stuff. But overall, I thought it was a good two-parter. Uh, I I liked that in the first episode that you know Alexis was like the the strong one. You know, she figured out how to you know get out and actually you know makes the call that actually lets them in, knowing that she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not still in the, in the United States or, you know, in the New York area that she was the one that was like, okay, you know, so what did they teach you in this, in this, this class that you went to? And, and, uh, you know, she was the one trying to keep the other one calm and trying to formulate an idea of how to get out or, or whatever. So I, I, I like that, that aspect to, to, you know, even though it didn't totally work, it was enough to, point them in the right direction and one minor thing i liked about speaking of the call i like that they actually use skype and not like some fake thing because everyone knows what (laughs) skype is it was nice to actually see something real like then to uh make up i used face talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah no well those things uh always Things with electronical gadgets and stuff, those things always bother me. Like when you see somebody talking on the phone and you can clearly see mm-hmm. that their phone is just a random screen, you know, that, they're not, <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't do well enough to, to like block that out or not show. Uh, or or when somebody gets a, a voicemail and I was like, I've, I've never seen a phone where you can just click listen to a voicemail. You've got to dial in and enter in a password and you know nobody has just open voicemail on their phone but yet it's it's always like that or it's it's super easy to you know every everything to get uh you know these types of things and when they do internet searches or you know and it's <laughs> like <laughs> search the web you know or something or spider finder (laughs) 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 or some such thing those are always you're just like oh come on okay i think that's enough about castle and uh we'll move on to uh justified season four episode eight outlaw which was a fantastic episode unless you were kyle (laughs) i was so confused super confused (laughs) so we've all been waiting kyle well (laughs) people listening didn't know that they were waiting but they have been to find out what made you so confused about this episode. So as I was watching this episode, the the hitman for Tonin, the whole time I thought he was Shelby. And so I'm like, this guy's bad. All of a sudden this guy's bad and he's going around shooting people. And I couldn't figure out, understand why he was shooting people and why, uh, and why this cop had gone bad. And so that was just confusing me the whole time. And then there was like a slew of characters that came in especially in like the final scene and it just got really confusing i'm like who are all these people like 
did we see these people in other episodes and I'm supposed to remember who these people are? And it was lots of, lots of faces I rem- that I recognized. Like there was Michael Malley and then there was – it might have been Meatloaf or a guy that looked like Meatloaf. And there was the, the principal from uh, that uh, 80s uh, uh, classroom show. Um, and a whole bunch of other people that I recognized and like, who are all these people? And so I just got confused by the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those were all, uh, the the thing that I, and obviously Kyle, you you know that I enjoy very much big fan uh, of, of you and, and what you, your side and everything. But I just think it's hilarious that when the cops started shooting people, you didn't associate that maybe he wasn't, with Shelby, but maybe he was the assassin. That's awesome. But you know, it, it just goes to show that when these shows do go move so quickly, they expect you to keep up. And if you miss some, one little detail, sometimes they can, it's really easy for them to leave you behind. And uh, that that perhaps with you know, because they had guest a Palooza a couple weeks back on Justified, where they introduced Mike O'Malley, and they the a, a very. Uh, another very, very much loved, supporting kind of character actor c- gets killed off rather spectacularly in that same scene, and they had about four or five other guest, uh, prominent guest stars kind of pop up. When, when they throw around that many faces that you recognize from other things, it can get a little confusing. That that's definitely true. But I saw I saw this episode was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. Probably the best of the entire season. I mean, everything that we have already talked about we haven't you know that's all things those are all things that happened in this episode but for me the heart of this episode is all arlo and i did not see what what happened i mean i don't know how how much we want to do spoilers spoilers but i did not see what was coming uh what was, what was about to happen coming at all and well you you thought that it, <laughs> it was going to go uh the other way but it it ultimately ended up with the uh, you know arlo getting stabbed but showed you the relationship between <laughs> him and his father and, you know, right to the lat, right to the end, you know, Arlo is a complete, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know a complete ass and just, you know, goes, goes to the grave with the, you know, who kissed my ass. Yeah. <laughs> his final words were, <laughs> but I, but I, I sort of liked, you know, some of this, you know, the stuff around that where he's fine. But, you know, then he gets in the elevator and it kind of hits him a little bit. But then, you know, he comes back to work and he just sort of casually drops that, oh, he died. I got the call like an hour and a half ago. You know, and he's just been, you know, working a case with the with the rest of them. And and yeah, quite, you know, quite something in, in the episode because you kind of felt like that character should have died a while ago and that they've been finding ways to keep the dad around. Uh, and so for them to actually kill off the character, uh, was, was kind of big. And then on the other side of thing, the Boyd storyline was just, you knew he had something going that he wasn't going to end up just doing what these guys wanted him to do and that he completely turns things on around on them, uh, in, in with his, I'm the outlaw, you know, speech was, uh, was, was, was a lot of good stuff. <laughs> the Dairy Queen. Yeah, come on. The, Who yeah. doesn't love a peanut butter parfait? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, business can go up and down, but in the summertime, it always comes back. You 
Yeah, there are so, there are so many fabulous lines, uh, quotable dialogue in this episode, and you're absolutely right. The performance from Timothy Oliphant was fantastic. Of course, I, it's, I believe Raymond Berry right plays his dad. He's really good. He's fantastic in, in this episode as well. But yeah, well, you're right. When when Raylan is standing at the elevator, and he lets a little bit of the emotion in, he he lets that little crack in the wall for a moment, and then puts it right back up. Whew. And and now Ray, Raylan is because Winona's on the following right now. Raylan is completely alone. No mother, no father, no secondary mother. Uh, he's you know no girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And this has been like the week from hell. Like a week ago, he had a girlfriend who hadn't stolen his ten grand, yeah. and, and he had a ornery relationship with a father who he kind of hated, but still it was something. Yeah, this has been a, a, a tough week for Raylan. Yeah, and and just you know sets things up for uh, uh, you know going forward. I keep being amazed at how well they've been able because Boyd is another character that really all things the character should have died you know mm. early, early on, but they but in the pilot, but such a great to. yeah, but such a great performance and such a great actor that you, you just like having him around, and so. Their ability to continually grow that character and and make it a you know it believable that he would still be around and and uh, you know getting on getting up one up on people and uh, just uh, a lot of good stuff in this episode to set up the second half of the season, which with everything that's going on, I really am looking forward to finding out like. <laughs> who this guy is that, you know, was supposed to have died 18 years ago and, and, uh, and what, you know, what's he been doing and, and, and all the, all the stuff around the case that they, you know, that's sort of the overarching storyline uh, of the season. I think they'll find out that they made a mistake and it really was him with the parachute. Oops. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I have a feeling that I know who it is, um, but I kind of wish I, if if because it it seems to make sense, but you know how that goes because you guys both watch Lost and these other shows where you're so convinced like everything lines up, it's got to be this person, and then then you watch the episode and you feel like an idiot when it's clearly not. But uh, I don't know. I think I I have a feeling that I know who it is, um, but I don't want to say it because when I kind of pieced it together, I I felt disappointed that I couldn't be surprised <laughs> if this person was the person. So maybe if you guys want to know, I'll tell you after after we're done recording. But uh, they're in two weeks. The episode's called "Get Drew," <laughs> and the the episode for this week, uh, the the you know the promo says, "Well, what do you want to do next, Drew?" And so I assume we're gonna get it revealed this week. Sounds plausible. All right. So with that, we'll uh, jump on to the last uh, show on our list, which is Psych. Uh, season 7, Episode 1, Santa Barbara Land 2, which was the season premiere, which finally, finally came. It seems it's been so long since there's been an episode of Psych. Uh, it was like 11 months or something. Well, yeah, by the time in, it's like the fifth episode of the season is going to be like the hundredth episode, I think. And mm-hmm. so that'll be here the end of uh, what what will that be? The end of March or the beginning of April that it airs? It'll have almost been like 
10 months since they filmed it. (laughs) (laughs) 10 or 11 months since they filmed that episode. Because that was the... That was the episode they were filming when I was on set there last summer, and it seems so weird that like the episode is never coming. Yeah, it it, uh, it felt like it had been forever at Comic Con when we when they had the psych panel and they started telling us about you know the musical episode and Clue and and oh I wonder if Corbin Burnson's gonna be alive. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed this one. I and like I said earlier, psych. Psych's one of those ones like Castle where it's I, I, I kind of catch up in, in spurts. And so uh, I, I, I actually haven't seen all of the, the previous season. I had seen part one, Santa Barbara Land. But uh, so, so, yeah, I, I um, tuned back in for the season premiere here. But because I haven't been following it as consistently as I, I did in the earlier years, I have a couple questions. I don't know if you guys can fill, uh, fill in the blanks for me. But how uh, did anybody else feel like it was very odd some of the camera work and choices it felt um the, the, i noticed that they changed the you know this the flash kind of thing of him noticing stuff they've kind of uh, have it zoom in a little bit or the, the actually whatever he notices gets bigger and th- that kind of worked for me but there was some like uh, the, ca- the camera angles and it just felt a bit more um violent i guess visually they hadn't done that, like smashing the slow motion smashing of the glass. They did a couple times that I've yeah. never seen on that before. I thought that looked weird. Because but... yeah, it's been a while since I saw Chinatown, but I don't remember that from Chinatown. <laughs> so I didn't know if it was supposed to be a referential thing to the to the film. But so that's not that's not just me then. That's the only thing I noticed. That I, I didn't notice the 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 zooming in and the the Sean Vision thing, but uh, I did definitely notice the the glass thing in the slow motion. Okay. Well, what did you guys think? I I liked the humor, especially like the stuff with with uh, the corner and his always having the body bags ready ready to jump in. Um, oh, I love him. Those scenes, but I thought it was very odd how like I wanted more question whether or not Henry was going to make it and make that more dramatic. It almost seemed like it was throwaway from the beginning of the episode when he showed up at the hospital. They didn't feel like any stakes. Like they were bringing him in and Sean was making comments, but it didn't feel like there was any real danger of him. And especially once they brought in, um, I can't think of her name, the, the girl who was like obsessed with him. Like once they brought her in, you knew he was pretty much safe and they were going the comedy route um with uh chelsea uh they're just bringing her in and she was going to be bugging him the whole time but you knew he was going to make it at that point which uh was right near the beginning of the episode i i mean i felt more peril uh whether the blueberry or or cranberry was going to make it (laughs) but uh I mean, overall, I did enjoy like the the humor was all back, and it was definitely the the show that I've enjoyed for uh, six other years, so um, or more like seven years by the time this aired. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the episode. Well, I think that the some of the humor and silliness of it didn't totally work for me until I was kind of happy that they had him out of the woods kind of soon because all the wackiness going on it always feels strange when there's when they do a more serious episode or there's a more serious element uh you know that affects one of the main characters i mean they're always dealing with murder and and death so there's always serious elements 
to an episode, but when it something serious around one of the main characters, some of the silly things that they do and stuff doesn't always land as well. Uh, but once you know he was kind of out of the woods and stuff, it things started you know working better. I loved that Woody was <laughs> showed up everywhere with body bags <laughs> to to visit him at the hospital uh, when. Sean and Gus are, you know, sitting on a bomb. He's talking to Juliet and he's got two body bags under his arm. Uh, that, you know, that stuff was funny. But I love the show for, like, the references to Johnny Five <laughs> when, the, yeah. when, the, when the bomb disposing robot comes in. Or I the, love how they start directing it to the nachos. <laughs> They're so hungry that they want the nachos. <laughs> Yeah, those nachos look good, though. I gotta say, they look like pretty tasty nachos. But that was, you know, that's totally a Sean thing. Like he'd be sitting on a bomb, but he's like, "Well, while you're disposing of, can you give me something to eat?" You know, like, <laughs> it's take a while to get the yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it was, I, I like the, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, Lasseter, you know, helping Sean out, even though he always professes to not like Sean, and then the stuff around the blueberry and then <laughs> the cranberry. <laughs> <laughs> that was best best name ever, uh, but <laughs> but then they blow that car up. You know, there was just a, there was a lot of references in the mo- in the in the to films and stuff like that that were really good and and I and and then the the stuff around having you know the crazy girl <laughs> saying that she's her his fiance and when uh, they come in to visit and. Henry like writes on the pad. He like writes, "Pull the plug." You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, this crazy girl, <laughs> get away from her. Or you know, or the stuff around where Gus just starts eating Henry's food. He's like, "What? <laughs> He's not going to eat it. He's got a tube down his throat." So yeah, I think you're right, Kyle. Where the stakes sort of went away rather quickly, but yet for me, it worked better for the humor for that to happen. Yeah, I, I think they had to for the humor because, like you said, it, it's just weird if people are making jokes when there's like Henry's in danger of dying and Sean's there cracking jokes. It, like you wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, it kind of sounds like something like Sean would still do that, like that. <laughs> but they're not. But watching it, they're not as funny. Yeah. Uh, to you know, for me or whatever. So, but yeah, overall, very happy to have it back. <laughs> That's. Uh... Uh, after such a long, uh, such a long wait, and although on the positive side we get like eight episodes or so in a row, and then it takes a few weeks off, and then we get eight episodes over the summer, so we'll get sixteen episodes in a relatively short period of time, which is uh, are they? So they're actually taking a break for some reason. I thought they were going all the way through. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be like a break in the beginning of June and that it it's going to come back like the end of June or or uh beginning of July and and run through. They don't have no sites out there have specific dates past like about 8 weeks out for the for the episodes, but I'm pretty sure they're going to take a break between the two. But at any rate, in the course of around 20 weeks or whatever, you're going to get all 16 which is still better than (laughs) could you imagine like having to wait until like say now fall or something like that for the other eight episodes of the season to show up after such a long wait 
Yeah, the musical's going to be in the back eight, right? It's a two-parter, I know that. I think so. Yeah, I don't want to wait another year to get to that. <laughs> I know we only got to hear like three or four bars of singing, but I I enjoyed what we heard. So, yeah, I can't, especially the the Clue episode of the musical, I'm really looking forward to a lot of this season. And and having, again, it's kind of like with my with me with Bunheads, where it's, it's just nice to have a fun and happy show. Yeah, that's a... Uh, you- not everything has to be, you know, zombies and death every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. It says there will be no break. Really? Yep. That's actually surprising because uh, I thought I remembered seeing um, Steve Franks or someone tweet it before when they when they said that that they were coming back and there wouldn't be a break. Well, if not, then uh, sixteen straight weeks. That's that's perfectly fine too. <laughs> yep. I'm perfectly fine with that. Because that means we'll get uh, episodes on into June, you know. All right. That'll do it for primetime. And uh, next up, we've got a little reality check. Uh, you two can uh, talk a little bit about, uh, was it the finale of Top Chef? Yep. Yep. Uh, and they went into Thunderdome or Iron Chef or uh, it's a very different approach this time. What I mean, I... I was not a fan. I heard it was like a cross between like Iron Chef and Chopped or something like that. It, it was sort of like if you took the last two Hell's Kitchen type of tasks and put them together. Because like Hell's Kitchen, right before they do their final chef service, they um, they have a little cook-off where they each do these uh, a course at a time and then people vote. And then whoever takes like three out of five, they get some – benefit for the final thing but then also what hell's kitchen does is for their final they each get to choose some of the eliminated contestants to be their like sous chefs so it's sort of like a a combination of those where this time they basically had each of them take a couple of the sous chefs uh from the eliminated contestants and then they cooked like a five course meal but they got rated course by course and whoever got three out of five first uh was declared the winner yeah it is uh something they do every season where they have the previous contestants from that season out there as uh and they they let the two finalists choose a certain number of them to be their sous chefs to help with the with the prep for the the final challenge uh, but yeah they the do the going by round by round thing or, or course by course i very much did not like that i hated that they had the judging in front of a 300 person audience because that is something that top chef has never done before and so anybody you know who was in the finale did not know that that is what they were signing up for and i it just it felt really cruel to me no, I thought didn't in the finales didn't they used to give each of the chefs like some other professional chef as like their sous chef, and then they had they've to done court. that before. They've done uh, like one because normally, of course, they have two days. They have uh, a day to like they have a certain amount of time, and then they have to stop, and then they sleep and come back the next day, <laughs> and they have a certain number of hours. Um, and yeah. so often in the past, when they've done that, the first day they have uh, a rock star. Um, really famous chef as their sous chef 
And then the second day, they don't have them, and those people go to to help with the the comments, you know, to help with the judging or whatever. But then they br- they do usually bring in some of the other contestants from that season to help with final final prep and plating and, and all of that. Yeah. But what what did you think of the the structure? For me, I didn't mind that as much. What I minded more was the whole um, last chance kitchen and how. Was it Kristen got in like so like she missed all these weeks and then got in right before the finals and was able to then win. What I would prefer is if they did something like each week, whoever eliminated, they get to come back for the quick fire. And if they come in first place in the quick fire, then they can reenter the competition or something like that, where they get one last chance to try to rejoin. But they rejoin right away instead of missing all of the other competition and just doing that last chance kitchen then get to jump in at the end yeah i I hear what you're saying with that i i'm fine with uh last chance kitchen because i think it's actually harder it's a lot harder actually usually than the the challenges that everybody else has because it's a 50 50 every single time so uh you and you're always you're always either the best or the worst and if you're the worst then you're out and if you're the best then you can you know go again and also again it's a half hour for each of the 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 challenges in last last chance kitchen and also they they i believe this is the is this the third time they've done last chance kitchen it might be the second well, but it's at least the second it might be the at least the second yeah. last year what i thought was really interesting was that um or last season I believe, unless this was the first time they did it, but I, I, the last time I remember watching Last Chance Kitchen, what I thought was really interesting is that, for the most part, everybody, at, after a certain point, the last like four or five chefs who were in Last Chance Kitchen just kept whoever was eliminated next uh, from the main show beat the person before them. So up to a certain point, it was like um, there was one chef who was rocking it and was awesome and won every single week, and then when that, that person lost it was like the judges had gotten it right, you know, where the next yeah. person eliminated was better than the previous one. And then the, the last time the person who made it back into the show got eliminated immediately again. And so the same final two went on. So I think this was, um, this was kind of the, oper- the, the time when they, th- that last chance kitchen was really designed for, for when there is uh, somebody who is just clearly should still be on the show. And I'm sure the producers were very happy, very, very happy when they decided to to keep Josie and eliminate Kristen because it made for more drama in the house and then got people to tune into Last Chance Kitchen. Um, but I you know, I don't know. So I, I absolutely see where you're coming from with not liking it. But uh, on the other on the other hand, I, you know, I like Kristen. I like uh, actually watching Last Chance Kitchen when the website isn't being terrible. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see if, if it you know, is affected next year. I didn't like the save a chef thing because I don't think they needed another chance after last chance, but um, I don't yeah, know. I mean, you... That's purely based on popularity rather than actual talent. Would yeah. Do that save a chef. The save a chef thing. And then the save a chef winner got a, got to compete in the final last chance kitchen thing. And then, so I don't know this, it seems like it's a bit little to bit too much of the, uh, the the stacking dolls <laughs> you know yeah. at a certain point eliminated doesn't mean anything if you're going to keep doing that but um but I, yeah so the food looked like it was really tasty i just and it also i just that bothers me it's such a waste of food all this like the half prepared final courses 
But yeah, I don't like that no. you don't actually get to see all of it. Because like, it, it ends early if someone hits three mm-hmm. things. They, they don't even get to serve all of their food that they that they had prepared. Well, and it completely takes away the uh, the mystery or the, the, the suspense of it. Because if when you're watching it, it's like, oh, look, there are three minutes left. Yeah. I wonder who won this course. <laughs> that happened to me when I was watching it. It's like, oh, there's three minutes left. Uh, and she could win it with this one. Hmm. I <laughs> <Yeah>. wonder. <laughs> Um, but uh, we should also talk about we're going to do Amazing Race. Do you want to switch over to that? Sure. So who are you? Kyle, remind me, you're in our pool this year, right? Yep, I'm in the pool. My my team, at Televerse, we do uh, uh, an Amazing Race pool, and my team was the, the Twin Doctors, and I'm very glad they got eliminated this early so that I can pick a new one because damn. The thing that bugs me about them is when you go on the Amazing Race, there's two things that you definitely need at the very minimum, is to know how to swim and to know how to drive a stick shift car. And they did not bother to learn how to swim or get really used to water and comfortable in water beforehand. Because, I mean, granted, like, if you're afraid of heights, you're not going to go jumping out of a plane a bunch of times to prepare for the amazing race. But swimming is something you can easily prepare for same with the the driving of a car and then the last one is reading the clue which almost affected another team this week um i forget which team that was was that the father-son one yeah 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 and they forgot their snorkel snorkeling gear yeah but um i mean the other thing that that bugs me is like these teams that are because the first week uh i forget what their names are the blonde and the and the and his girlfriend um Jessica and John? Is that them? Yeah. Uh, the surfers? Uh, uh, they could be. <laughs> uh, the ones who won the, the fast pass the first yes, week. Yes. Yeah. So they, um, like everyone, like they made the deal to give it to whoever came in second place, which was uh, the father son team. And now people are saying, oh, you, like, you have to give it to them. Everyone's sucking up to them because they want them to give it to them. But even if you made that deal, like, that means nothing because, of course, why should you follow some deal that's gonna that's gonna hurt you in the end? They should give it to whoever they want to give it to who that's gonna benefit them the most. Mm-hmm. Who cares what your original secret handshake uh, uh, fight club type of deal was that you guys all made? Well, then but... you shouldn't make a secret handshake fight club kind of deal. I mean. <laughs> That's the thing. But, I, I, I completely understand not sticking with it, but then don't make the deal in the first place because come on. Although if the dad is really hurt, if he really did hurt his Achilles, um, maybe they are the right team to give it to because the, you let them advance one week, but then they get eliminated as soon as that thing expires like mm-hmm. because they can't run, obviously. So, I mean, it might work out in their favor that they are the right team to give it to later on. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I'm I'm completely there with you about the uh, the swimming and stick shift. I would throw be able to read a map on there as well. But yeah, I, I understand absolutely. And this is something that my co-host and I argued about last week in the Televerse. Um, I completely understand being afraid of the open ocean or drowning, or I completely get that. But I don't understand is going on the amazing race 
and thinking you're not just not going to have to swim. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I, I would be terrified of the open ocean. I can swim fine, but I'd be terrified of the open ocean. I'd also be scared to death of heights, whatever it is. But if I went on the amazing race, I would know that at some point I would have to try to convince my brother that he's the one that has to jump out of the plane because <laughs> I wouldn't want to. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a given. There is going to be some super high thing. There is going to be something in the ocean. You You're know, probably gonna have to happen. eat something gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just how it goes. So, yeah, who do you want to tell the listeners who your pick is? Or are you keeping that secret? I, I haven't decided who I should switch to yet. Oh, the the team that I picked was um, the Jessica and John. Yeah. Um, just because, uh, like, uh, at that point, I'd already seen the episode, so I, I they had the fast pass, so I, I had picked them. But uh, so kind of cheating there, but yeah. there's nothing I can do about that. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's why I picked them. But other than that, I, I mean, I don't. I usually don't end up picking a favorite team of who I want to win until it gets narrowed down to about half the teams left. Now, uh, remind me, before I, I do, you know, officially change my pick for the pool once we finish recording here, if the other team gets eliminated for health reasons, does that put the brothers back in? I don't think they ever bring a team back. Have okay, they ever, I didn't remember. I don't think they've ever brought a team back that got eliminated. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know some shows do that, they... but it's... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been watching The Amazing Race long enough to know. Because, of course, the, the 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 Rockers last time lost the passport, but uh, and, and then they just couldn't get checked in, so they were last, so they got eliminated. But I, I wasn't sure exactly how that worked. I would think they would just turn one of them into a non-elimination leg just to make up for it. Make for it. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess we'll see, see what happens. Um, but I always love The Amazing Race. It's nice to get to finally watch it in high def. It's just so pretty. It's but, one of um, the shows that should have been in high def for so long. It was so disappointing that it never was, and it took them so long to switch. Yeah, like one of the first shows that ever should have switched <laughs> because yeah. of all the locales. Yeah, it's like such a nice what that's show. Like, like drive, you have 11 different teams. They each need two camera, two, two sets of cameras, one in, like, in the car with them and another one following them around to get coverage. I mean... That's what? That's 22 high def cameras that somebody's carrying around all the time? It's crazy. Well, the one I can't understand why it still isn't is Big Brother. All the cameras are stationary. Like, why haven't they just updated that house with high def cameras? Yeah, that is, that's, that's pretty much ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was not uh, the case, yeah. And so then the, the final show is uh, Survivor, which I don't actually watch. So I think, Kyle, are you on your own on that one? Jason, do you watch uh, Survivor? No, he doesn't watch any reality. <laughs> um, so yeah, if, it, uh, if it's not on the Food Network, I'm probably not watching it. Silly Jason, uh, you should be watching Top Chef. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Survivor, the only thing I, I, I mean, I have to say is Philip is insane. Like, that guy is just so crazy. Like, I think he's certifiably insane. My brother was showing me he actually has a book you can buy on... 
on Amazon that is about this. Uh, he thinks of himself as like a secret agent, but his book is about a secret agent who's been lost on an island for 39 days. And it's like exactly Survivor, pretty much uh, uh, his experience from the first time he was on. But I, I really want to see him gone. And then on the other like fans team, there's this guy Shamar who is just worthless. Like he doesn't work. He is just annoying. He like puts other contestants on the, his no talking list because he doesn't allow them to talk to him at all. And so like this guy, for some reason, they keep keeping him around. Last week, he was about ready to quit. And then his his alliance convinced him to stay in case they had to eliminate someone. They didn't want to lose two people from their team. And so he stayed and then they still eliminated some other person. There was like a three way tie in the voting last week, which I thought might have been a first. I don't remember that ever happening before. But since neither of you watch it, um, <laughs> you wouldn't know either. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really hoping that this week either Philip on the favorites team, so-called favorites team, or uh, Shamar on the fans team goes. And that's all I have to say about Survivor. Yeah, I don't know why I never watched Top Chef. I like food shows, shows about food. So I don't know why I don't watch Top Chef, but uh, I don't watch a lot of reality in general, but... You should watch Worst Cooks in America. Yeah. I haven't watched so that. Hilarious. I haven't watched it is that amazing. It is amazing how horrible these people are. <laughs> like, there's got, like, there's some level of skill that y y there's no way that you're that incompetent in the kitchen. You but, had to have so bad that you had to have had training and being bad. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's like you're trying to be bad because there's no way anyone would be human could possibly mess up that badly. Without trying, maybe uh, their parents were really bad cooks, and they taught them how to cook. <laughs> maybe like taught that, them everything they know, <laughs> like that. Uh, like that one car commercial where the dad is teaching his son how to <laughs> throw a ball, <laughs> and, the, and the dad can't oh, throw it. Can't, the dad can't throw it all either, and uh, yeah. So you know, you're passing down the the wrong thing. Yeah, it's like, give him something that he'll be happy you passed on to. <laughs> yeah. All right. And with that, we'll end with uh, some TV on DVD picks. Uh, these come out on Tuesday, March 12th. And uh, my pick is uh, Fraggle Rock Season 1. Um, I remember watching it as a kid on HBO way, way, way back. And uh, so I think, you know, if you, especially if you've got kids, it'd be a, it'd be a fun thing to have on a DVD, especially if you like, you know, singing puppets, you know, what's not to like. Absolutely. Speaking of singing puppets, <laughs> if you like singing puppets, you probably also like singing cartoons. And while they don't technically sing on my pick, there's lots of music. I went with Tom and Jerry musical mayhem, which is a, a compilation DVD of a, a bunch of different shorts with Tom and Jerry. And, uh, this one just kind of popped out to me because, well, first of all, I, as I said, I'm a musician, so this stuff is right up my alley. I mean, there's, Cat Concerto, uh, Carmen, get it, Johan Maus. I mean, this is perfect for me. But also, it just it's something I remember watching as a kid and uh, absolutely loving. It's just such there's such um, again such joy and and mayhem and fun. I mean, I feel bad saying mayhem when it's in the title. <laughs> Their marketing worked on me, but uh, there's a lot of fun mayhem, chaos you say? and. Yes, perhaps, and it's even musical. One might say, uh, but uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, I did. A, I am a big fan of cartoon music, and um, the Tom and Jerry 
old school uh, orchestras that they got. Those, those people knew how to play and the music that they use is really great. And it's, it's just a great primer for kids to introduce classical music to them or the idea of an orchestra for, for some of these, you know, more orchestral shorts that they have in there. Or just to, yeah, as you know, slapstick comedy and uh, a, a nice, perhaps slightly less, um, uh, uh, what's the what am I going for? A slightly less uh, ADD approach to you know uh, children's animation. So I would go with Tom and Jerry's Musical Mayhem coming. Uh, that's also coming out, I believe, on the uh, the twelfth. So I'll have to take a look for it too. And if you like watching people try to kill other people. <laughs> that they that do, aren't like they do. a cat and a mouse. You could watch the British series River Street. <laughs> I don't really have any other segue than that. Uh, I, I, That's pretty good. The, the, there's no music in it. <laughs> there's there's probably a theme song. Um, but uh, I, I, well, there's also killers. You could watch a priest tr- and a nun try to solve murders on the Father Dowling Mystery season three. So I picked two uh, two killer uh, investigation <laughs> shows. Two killer DVD sets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, those are uh, those are some picks of uh, some of the stuff that's coming out. You can find links to those uh, at tvtimes three dot com slash one seventy one, and uh, those are affiliate links. Or you can just go to tvtimes three dot com slash amazon and. Uh, Anything you buy, we get a small percentage, which helps uh, support the podcast. And uh, with that, I'll thank uh, Kyle and Kate for joining me uh, once again uh, on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Once again? <laughs> once again. Uh, yeah, Kyle's become like a regular guest here, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm like the substitute that gets called in. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dot Records. And uh, with that, I'll say goodbye. Bye. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.